If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Welcome to BP Wrigley Cast. My name is Carlos Portocarrero, and tonight I am joined by Isaac Bennett, Ryan Davis, and Joel Reese. Uh, we are, what are we now, four weeks out from the Cubs winning the World Series? Less than that, right? I'm sorry, could you say that last part again? The 2016 World Series champion Chicago Cubs, I believe oh, that yeah, happened. That yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's fun to say. It We've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like it was just yesterday. Not how really. many times how many times have you guys gone back and watched like the last play too many to I, count yeah I like i'm really yeah wow yep wait what is wrong with you cold blooded yeah, yeah. I, i'm still hung over from it i think yeah i watched wow. it probably like 50 times yeah mm-hmm. and i i just uh just every once in a while I'll just pull it up on my phone on youtube I'm like oh, you know what i've got three minutes let's watch the last <laughs> that's funny i don't i haven't seen it that much i haven't looked looked at it again very very much the the one play that i keep going back to is that rajay davis home run i keep <laughs> flagellating myself it's funny because that's exactly the play that i do not go over like i see that i'm like fast forward close eyes can't see <laughs> maybe yeah. you and i should watch it together as kind of a therapy hmm. well i'm up in my attic it's kind of chilly up here so well right. maybe we'll so but for before before or after couples therapy during <laughs> do you, do you guys watch during. during yeah okay so, right. so anyway <laughs> so anyway with that with that being said we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh you know some some needs that the team has uh they're not uh they're not obviously all that big and one of the things i wanted to start with was discussing that that uh post world series glow and what it does to not just the fans uh you know the 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 people managing the team and making these, these trades and roster decisions. Uh, but also for us as people that cover this team, uh, I have a neighbor, uh, Chris, who's a big giants fan. And he, uh, he told me that after the giants won the world series, whatever it was 
the first one of the two recent ones, he said, you know what? Yeah, after that, everything was just kind of okay. And there really wasn't that much, uh, that much urgency. And, and it was just kind of nice. And if they lost, it was, it was okay. And when the Cubs faced off against the Giants in, in the playoffs this year, I was, you know, I was a mess. And he, he was very cool about it all. He was obviously rooting for his team, but he didn't have that fear of, oh my God, if, if my team loses, this is going to be awful. So anyway, what, what I want to get, a little, let's start with you guys. I'm curious to hear, I know Joel expressed this, I think in the last podcast that he kind of, uh, he kind of has a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Now that we've won it, everything's okay. Are you still feeling that Joel or, or has doom and gloom started to take over yet? <laughs> Why do you associate with me with doom and gloom? I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that. That's um, a role, man. I know, I know. And I'll, I'll, play it well um i uh you know i I feel it just feels like such vindication you know to feel like i feel like when i see them winning it and i you know as i just said i've watched that play again and again and i watch them jump over the uh their dugout railing and i'm like oh my god this really happened we are now like officially a real team and we're not a joke anymore we're not the stupid little baby bears with you know be spectacled (laughs) be be spectacled nerds you know knocking balls out of moises the hands and black cats in the dugout circle and the uh, on deck circle it's like we're real team now and it just feels so cool to like finally be sitting at the big boys table you know and like <laughs> i think about like all the jerk ass white Sox fans it was like oh, 1908 and it's like yeah now now we we finally have a comeback you know because that would be the you know we're like well you're in a, a team that no one cares about you're in this crappy stadium and no one gives a damn about you and you you know you're probably going to move to portland or las vegas before too long but they always just say yeah but we won the world series in 2005 and you couldn't come back for that but now we can and it just feels so cool to like really feel like you belong and as far as going forward the thing is like i think that the people who run the team are so smart and so driven like i don't see theo seem like well you know what i think i'm just gonna you know he did say he was gonna go on a bender and i'm i'm sure he did because he had pretty clearly likes to put it away um but i i don't I, I don't think they're just gonna coast you know i don't think they're gonna rest on their laurels i think they're gonna work as hard as they have been so i don't i don't think they're gonna let up at all i find it interesting your uh perspective uh based on geography the first place your mind goes is the white Sox and the torment the white Sox fans give you whereas for me and and isaac i'm sure first place my mind goes is cardinals and the cardinals Mm -hmm. fans yeah Uh, but more to the point um i i've seen people and i've heard people trying to make a case that the cubs need to go out and sign kenley jansen and uh the kind of logical I guess logical fallacy they're they're making is well they're losing Aroldis Chapman so they have to replace him and I think there's a lot going on there that a lot of people don't fully wrap their heads around getting Chapman was like the desperation play of trying to win the World Series right now I don't think because they won the World Series I don't necessarily think that the Cubs are looking at it like well now we have to go get the next you know, dominating closer like Jansen and spend a bunch of money on it, uh, you know, to make sure we can win right now again. Uh, I think that winning has changed uh, a little bit of the plan, at least for the immediate future. And so I don't, I don't see them, you know, for example, spending on a closer like 
like that. So that's that's the kind of place where I feel like it is right now. Maybe you guys think it's different, but I I, I would see it as if they had lost in the playoffs, maybe we'd be talking about yeah, go spend the money on a guy like Jansen to you know really you know put put all your you know chips to the middle of the table. But now I, I don't really see that as a priority. I think saving the money for extensions and extending this window as long as possible is the best play. Well, and I actually would echo both of those sentiments, maybe in a slightly different way. Um, for me, Joel, as Ryan said, it's definitely about the fact that Cardinals fans, and I must say first that some of them have been very gracious and congratulatory. Honestly, I've been uh, kind of pleasantly overwhelmed by some of the, some of my friends that have reached out as Cardinals fans. But um I would say that there's not much they can say anymore, especially knowing that two years in a row now the Cubs have gone further than they have, and obviously the Cubs just took home the title, so it's it's not a good time to, to be a Cardinals fan maybe. But um, as far as what you're saying, Ryan, I think that's true, but I, I would look at it actually more as the Cubs won't make any desperate moves trading young talent for rentals, and I think that winning gets that out of the way, thankfully, once and for all, so it won't happen anymore. Um, but I, I don't think it changes the way they'll approach free agency. I think they were always going to go into this winter with maybe one thing on their mind, which was a, a good reliever. Um, there's not much else out there anyway. So um, I, I don't think it changes what they'll spend, but I do think that it changes how they'll approach the trade market and they won't, they won't act so desperately as they did last trade uh, trade deadline. So I want to be clear. Do you, you said a good reliever, do you think they're going to try and go after a guy like Jansen? Because I don't think they are. I don't. I don't know that spend on relief. I don't know that they'll go that high, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign Mark Melanson or somebody like that. Mm. Yeah, I just think that um, their plan before uh, the last couple of years was always. Oh, what you doing over there? Somebody's erasing the chalkboard. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> is that is that a metaphor? <laughs> I I just think their plan the last few years was always to acquire as many kind of you know low low cost but but high reward high risk high reward relievers you know you have guys like Jack Leather Sitch and you know those kinds of names I think they're just gonna go on acquiring like fifty of those guys and then throw them all into spring training and, and see what happens in the pen. So I don't, I don't see, you know, any kind of big signings unless we're talking about a guy like Greg Holland on a, on a cheap prove it deal. Yeah. That's why I think they might go sort of towards the middle upper end with Melanson. But let me ask you this, if they don't do it, does that just mean that, you know, when there's an injury or two in July that they have to go out and trade another top prospect for a reliever? I mean, that that's the scenario that I'd like to see them avoid. And if the way to avoid that is to sign one of the big time relievers that are available right now, I'm all for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, and again, this is kind of like they just won the world series and maybe I look at it differently, but um, like the San Francisco giants, they had all kinds of bullpen problems this year. Did we see them go out and and trade, you know, big prospects uh, for relief help? No, but they've won the world series three out of the last, five years or three or less six now so i think that's kind of where the cubs are with it they don't have to do that anymore they can mm-hmm. they can continue to roll with their roster and have bullpen problems and say you know maybe these guys will turn around or these are the guys we're going to stick with um you know to get it done because yeah. 
they're they're not in that desperation play mode. I mean, we all know it. We said it for so long. Chapman was a desperation play. It worked out for them because they won. But that's and you, and you're right. They, that's not a move they have to make anymore. I I think if you know if the Cubs for whatever are having bullpen problems in July, and all there is available is you can trade a guy like. Eloy Jimenez for for a reliever? No, they're just gonna no! stick. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to stick with what they have. Yeah, I think they're going to be haunted by Glaber Torres. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done that, but I think that you know, they shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you mentioned um, uh, you know what you said about the Giants because my my friend he was, the whole season he was bemoaning their bullpen. They have to fix the bullpen. They're not fixing the bullpen. Why aren't they fixing the bullpen? And when they got to the playoffs, he told me, you know what? A part of me wants them to lose and and for the bullpen to be the reason for it so that they can make it un- so that they have no excuse to address this next season. And I thought, wow, part of you wants them to lose so that they can fix this issue that they've neglected. I'm like, that to me was a clear sign of somebody in a totally different mental place in terms of their team and the success of their team, because there's no way I would, you know, Oh, I want them to lose. So that they would fit, Cause, <laughs> cause we were the Cubs before 2016, you know? So, um, so I thought that was interesting, but I haven't really felt, I mean, the, the, the off season is just getting started, but personally I haven't felt any different in terms of how, um, I mean, the, the needs that the team has aren't, aren't huge and we're going to cover some of that, but, but it's like, okay, you lost your starting center fielder uh, and you lost the guy that you acquired to be your closer. Okay. Well, I'm still the, the way I look at it, I'm still, I still feel the same urgency, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't feel any let up in that. Um, but maybe I'll feel differently when, you know, if things don't go too hot this season, I won't be as depressed. I don't know. To me, it's, it's still the same. I, I don't see any change. I don't know. I I have a friend who who mentioned to me uh, maybe two weeks ago uh, when when all of the World Series was still fresh in our minds and 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 to give a proper perspective, I was doing game recaps uh, for every every game going back to the uh, the NLDS. Essentially, I was I was game, recapping like every game in the world of uh, the playoffs. So I was up real late a lot of those nights, especially in those West Coast games, and he asked me, he's like, so you ready for the, for baseball season again? And I was like, no, <laughs> not really. And I was just like, I'll, I'll be ready by the time it starts. But I also said, and this sounds crazy, but if you told me next year, the Cubs will win like 86 games and just kind of take the year off, miss the playoffs, have a nice little year above 500, but no playoffs. I'd, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just not ready. You guys, for, come on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll feel different about that in July next year. But I, as of this moment, I'm like, I'm good. I, that was like, like 18 heart attacks all at once. I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's uh, Bill Simmons uh, said something a couple years ago, uh, and he said like, once your team wins you are forbidden from complaining about them for either the next three years or the next five years. I forget what it was, but it was after one of the Patriots Super Bowls. And then like he said that, and then the next season he was complaining and people just bombarded him and said, you know, you said you couldn't complain. And he said, he said that was like the one thing he felt worse about of anything he's ever written. He thought that he wanted to take that back more than anything he's ever written. But personally, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Ryan. I'm kind of like, you know, 
I, I, I'm like still just coasting on, and I'd be coasting a lot. I, I still like get the shakes when I think about bringing <laughs> Chapman in and him giving up the homer. It's not like Carlos sees that as this moment of redemption. I see this at this moment of terror. But um, you know, thinking about like um, you know, I, this is this may be a little bit of a thread jack here, but I'm looking at you know, so Kenley Jansen. I know I, I I've heard his. I'm sure you guys have heard this too that the Cubs were in discussions with him or or you know making kicking the tire on him also personally i may be the only one here who thinks this i'm not convinced dexter fowler is gone he probably is but i think there's a possibility he comes back but then if so i'm looking at their contracts and who comes off the books and so you've got lackey <laughs> coming off the books um after the season you've got uh montero coming off the books so which brings me to the name um the uh shohei otani the Japanese yeah. player, the Japanese Babe Ruth. And I've heard the Cubs are interested in him. So if you think about it, you've got some contracts coming off the books. If they don't add a big seller like Jansen, and you know Madden, can you imagine Madden with a guy who's a hitter like he is and a pitcher? Like, that's a match made in heaven. So I just wonder, you know, and you've got the Cubs, you know, they've made a, a lot of money from this postseason run, and they're going to get their own network in a couple of years where they'll just be printing money. So I wonder, part of me wonders if they'll maybe sit tight a little bit and just kind of let their coffers swell and then go big for this, uh, the Japanese player. What do you guys think? <laughs> that, was the most over, that was the most overwhelming and like five minute segment I've ever, I've ever heard. I think Joel, that was so big picture. It was, it was like big sky Joel. That's right. I agree. It was like, um, for me, I, I think it did change some things. I think that the feeling of desperation is completely gone, but I, I'm, I'll disagree in the fact that um, I became so dependent upon it and so live or die by it towards the end there that when it, when it was over, I, there was a sense of relief, but there was also a sense of like total loss and I'm just mourning not having baseball ever since. So yeah. I am, I'm ready for it back already, but to your point, Joel, um, <laughs> you got into it's a lot a natural, of natural <laughs> natural segue, man. I don't know why you don't see the transition. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what you said. Yeah, there's a there's quite a bit of money coming off the books. There's still plenty of financial flexibility. So I'm with you. I think I think Fowler is is a possibility still. Yeah, I I think I wouldn't rule out Fowler at this point, but I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I think kind of how what we've all danced around here is we don't see a lot of big financial moves this winter. Uh, I think we, you know, unless you guys disagree, that's kind of where I am with it. I think, uh, I think they, they make a trade. I made a case recently in a, in a piece I wrote about um, the mutual benefit of trading Jorge Soler for both the Cubs and for Soler. I think he needs to go uh, to an American League team or or anywhere that he can get a chance to play. Yes, um, yes I agree. Totally. Because he's he's just not, I mean, he, he's not going to play with the Cubs. Even if Fowler's gone and they don't really bring in anybody and they're just going to platoon Almora and somebody else in center field, he's just not going to get any, any kind of playing time. Uh, so he needs to go for his own benefit. Uh, I think the Cubs make a trade to to get a starting pitcher. Um, no, probably not anybody at the top, but I've heard Archer as a possibility. Right? Did you, did you see? Did you see Bowden's suggestion today? Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my word! I, I, I don't even pay attention to that crap. I, I would book the flights for those guys. If right? Would yeah. <laughs> what was what was his suggestion? What was it Hap, Soler, Almora, and Edwards for Archer and 
and Kiermaier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was another guy too. So it was like, you know, those guys alone probably don't get you Archer, let alone Kiermaier and, and another guy who's, who I can't quite remember, but yeah, I can't remember either. But yeah, that, that's insane. There's no way the Rays fall for that. And if they do, you know, thank you. Thank you, God. But Alex, Alex Cologne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where I am with it. I think maybe they trade for a starter at the top of it. It's Archer at the bottom. It's somebody who is battling with, uh, you know, Mike Montgomery, like uh, Nate Carnes or somebody like that. So mm-hmm. that's where I am with it. You know, kind of those reliever guys we talked about. And, and, and that's kind of it. And they probably go out and get a, a guy who can platoon in the center field. Uh, what do you guys think of like, you know, going acquiring a guy like Brett Gardner uh, to play kind of a platoon center field with Almora? Um, I'm not crazy about it just because he still has quite a bit of money on his contract left. So I'm not sure it's the type of guy that I want. Um, he's also seen pretty significant offensive decline three consecutive seasons. So I, I guess I wouldn't hate it, but I, I just don't want to see us, the Cubs take on that much money right now, unless the Yankees were willing to eat some of his deal. I, for some reason, I thought he didn't have that much money left. I'm looking it up right now. I thought that uh, Ellsbury was their last big contract. Yeah, he's on 12-5 uh, 12, 12, next year, 11-5 the year after that. And then 11-5. And then there's a, a, and then two million buyout. buyout. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially 25 million over two years. 26, yeah. Yeah, over two years. That's That's not – I mean, in this market, he's going to – if he were a free agent, he's getting more money than that. I mean, it, we're talking a guy who – is basically Dexter Fowler minus the power at this point. I mean, two sixty one, three fifty one on base. Um, yeah, you know, I, he doesn't hit for the doesn't doesn't hit for the power that Fowler would. But he also didn't. Yeah, he just won a Gold Glove. I mean, that doesn't mean much. But yeah, nothing. Yeah, a guy, a guy who can play defense. Those gloves uh, are golden, Ryan. It matters very much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was more flying by the seat of my pants with that one, but I mean, it's, you know, that's the kind of guy I'd be looking for a guy who's a veteran, maybe has two years on a deal, left-handed stick that you could put out there to platoon with Elmora. Um, or to I guess my, yeah, I guess my, my thing is, is it, it, I wouldn't want to give up much for him because you're, you're you know, you're going to be paying him and he's going to take up a significant right. portion of your salary. So I, I just wouldn't want to trade much for him. If, if there was a deal to be had for a couple of flyers, maybe, but beyond that, I'm not that interested. So, so we've, what we've talked about so far is, you know, more, I guess, more depth in the bullpen is one way to describe it, whether it's bringing, a, you know, somebody to go in in the closer spot or just get into the, you know, one of the relievers so everybody kind of bumps down and, and CJ Edwards starts contributing more. We got, so bullpen help, we got a center fielder and fifth starter depth, which I think is easily overlooked uh, just because, oh, Montgomery's in there, so he'll probably take it and done, and you've got five starters, which is all you need for the year, which is totally wrong because there will be injuries. But those, out of those three, which do you guys think is the is the most important? Uh, and if they have to focus, you know, whether it's resources or, or uh, talent in a trade, which of those three uh, is the most important for this team moving forward? What, what do you think, Joel? <sighs> Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think lack, I think pitching depth, you can't have enough of that clearly. And lackey, I think we saw, you know, kind of the beginning of the end there. So, um, you know, and Arietta, he, I think we, did we talk about at one point, whether the Cubs, how did it get in my head that we were somehow discussing trading him? Because 
I can't see them doing it, but you can, you know, that's the kind of thing they would have done a couple years ago, you know, before they, he came up for his big contract. So I don't know, I guess to answer your question, Carlos, I haven't looked at the names, uh, you know, other than that ridiculous Archer deal that we just talked about five minutes ago. But I, I think that pitching is, you know, obviously a strength, um, but I would, you can never have enough of it. So I, that's where I think that they'll probably look. Yeah, that, that's where I would go as well. I think that they, um, yeah, Mike Montgomery is probably a decent number five, but we we don't know that at this point. And you're you're a pitching injury away from really needing some uh, some quality depth. Uh, I think they at least go at the minimum go get a guy to compete with Montgomery for the five spot. And um, I, I mean, uh, at least the the Rays will trade one of their four starters. You know, they've got uh, Archer. Alex Cobb, not Alex Cobb, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was getting confused with Randall Cobb. That's a different, <laughs> different sport. He's playing uh, Monday Night Football. I get him confused yeah. with Ty Cobb. <laughs> Very similar. Very similar. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got you got Smiley and you've got uh, uh, Odorizzi. So I I think one of those guys gets traded. Those are all varying talents. Um, I think the Cubs will be in on it. So that I think that's where they'll go. They'll they'll get somebody possibly from the Rays, maybe uh from somewhere else. So that that what I, I I believe that is what is most important for this team to to look look at for the future. Yeah, I would say first on your list, Carlos, for me, would be actually long term controllable starting pitching would be the first need. So I think depth is sort of a secondary question for 2017 because I, I don't, you know, Mike Montgomery is a nice option. Number five, we'll see how he does, but uh, you know, likely you need six, seven, maybe even eight starters. So you need some competition in the back end there. But again, I think long-term you've got Arietta one more year, you've got Lackey one more year. Um, you don't really know what you've got in the fifth spot yet. So the only long-term solutions are Lester and Hendricks. So I think they need to go make a trade. They probably should have done it before now. Uh, I think teams are probably pretty leery of dealing with them. Um, I, I felt like that the positional glut that they're seeing now was actually um, something that could have been foreshadowed. You know, they, they could have forecasted this and actually made a move previous to now. This is the third offseason in a row I've been on the trade Jorge Soler train, but Unfortunately, now I think his value is very limited. So I think it's going to be Solaire and a couple of nice prospects for some control pitching. But long-term controllable pitching is still the biggest need. Well, and piggybacking on that idea of, you know, we've been talking about, you know, long-term controllable pitching for, you know, since this podcast started, it feels like. Who do you guys think, and whether you can throw out a name or not, who do you guys have any thoughts on who might be the first Cubs pitching prospect to really come in and contribute as a starter that that'll be, you know, that, that elusive young pitching prospect that'll come up through the system and actually stick in the starting rotation. Any names? I don't think he's in the organization yet. Oh, and I, I, can you tell us anything else about him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He hasn't been drafted yet. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I mean, I I love, go ahead, Joel. I was just going to say, you know, the name that the guy that I love and and I'm super excited about just because of his potential is Dylan Cease. That's the name who, who I've I've heard a lot about, and the guy has you know a great curveball and can throw close to 100. But you know, I mean, I, I've also know that he's inconsistent. He's I don't know that he's gotten a lot of injuries, but uh, that he just uh, they there's something about him that 
doesn't he doesn't seem to be can't miss yet. So that's the only name that comes to mind. I know people have talked about uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr. too, but um, you know it doesn't sound like there's a lot of uh, smoke or fire happening with either of those guys as far as really making it happen at the major leagues. Yeah, just I I just can't. I mean, it sees it's he's so talented and he's so good, but I don't know if you place the if you place the odds at ten percent that he's uh, a number one or number two starter in the major leagues, I'd say that's pretty high. I, I just don't. I mean, those guys are so long odds, uh, even with that great talent. It's, so does I mean, it? So, so, so what you were saying, Ryan? Does it make? Do you think this this um, front office will just continue? the strategy that they've been on. Let somebody else develop these guys. Once they get closer, then we'll trade for them. Uh, thanks to our uncanny ability to pick, you know, hitters in the draft. Um, do you think this will just continue until, I don't know, <laughs> until when? Yeah. I, I mean, that, that seems to be the smart strategy right now. It, it, it seems pretty clear that um, the Cubs believe that you can draft and develop hitting uh, better and quicker. It's more of an exact science than it is with pitching. And I think that's that's kind of where they've gone with it is, you know, they they've used their prospects to trade. And I mean, they, they traded Vogelbach for Montgomery and that guy's got four more years of control and I think could be a, a number four or number five for him. So, uh, Isaac, I think you you had something that you were about to say. What, what were you on with that? Well, I, I guess there's actually nobody really in the system that I think is a surefire starter for this team. There's some nice names. I love Oscar De La Cruz. Um, Trevor Clifton, I think, is a, is a real chance. Obviously, Dylan Cease probably has the highest upside. You know, so there's some names there. Um, th- there's a couple of other ones that I like as well. I like Brian Hudson, who I think could develop into a really nice starter. But they're all a couple years away, at least. So the one guy that I would say actually might have a chance that people aren't really thinking about in this game anymore is Carl Edwards. Um, because I, I, there's a lot of questions about him and whether or not he's durable enough to do it. And obviously they've started him in the bullpen and he's had some success there. But it wouldn't shock me if um, in 2017 they tried out Edwards in some longer roles, some two or three inning middle relief roles, and then gave him a real shot at winning a rotation spot in 2018. So it's a little bit of a long shot, but I would actually say that's less of a long shot now than – you know, the development of one of these guys in the minors right now, which are all still pretty close to a crapshoot. Right. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Well, there was another, uh, we kind of skipped over, I think we skipped over this rumor when we were talking about center field, but uh, it was put out there that uh, the Cubs were, you know, there might be a a fit with the Rockies and trading for Charlie Blackman. Uh, Curious to get what you guys, your thoughts on it. He's, you know, he's still a younger young player i was looking at his uh, trying to i mean i haven't watched much of him but i was trying to figure out what his defensive skills might be and the, the the metrics aren't kind to him and i know they weren't super kind to dexter fowler either but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that'll get on base at the clip uh that uh, that fowler was getting on base so and i think they were throwing out what solaire and hap for him what do you guys think about that uh, ryan um solaire and hap for him uh I would be okay with that. I mean, this is uh, people will look at the guys who hit at Coors Field and they, they get scared by it. I'm looking at last three years for Blackman. Uh, slash line is 299 average, 354 on base, 480 slugging. That's very good. But if you look at his splits, 
um, at least from 2016, it was fairly even. Uh, most people think, oh, you know, you're thinking of like Carlos Gonzalez, the guy who, you know, absolutely murders the ball, the ball at Coors Field, but then hits, you know, for a, a low 700 OPS on the road. Um, Blackman's not that case. I'm, I'm looking at it. Okay, so his his away from Coors Field slash line last year was a 313 batting average, 363 on base, and a 563 slugging. It was 70. Or sorry, 17 home runs and 70 games started on the road. Uh, so those are really good numbers. Um, and I mean, he's a what, he's a left-handed batter. You know, guy who could probably play has a cool name. You know, center field. Yeah, I mean, he's got a big beard. I don't know what else we could say about the guy. Um, he's a good player. I, I would be. If all it takes is Soler and Ian Happ, I would be okay with doing it because this is a guy who's probably not going to be a free agent for, I would assume, three more years or yeah, four it's, more years. It's only two, unfortunately. Um, he's only, yeah, he's only under contract through 2018. So I like the player. Uh, I think Blackman really came into his own last year uh, or this, you know, 2016. Uh, so I think he's actually a really good fit for the team. I mean, he's getting on base. He's got plenty of power. Uh, he draws a few walks. I, I like the player quite a bit. Um, defensively, I feel like Coors Field makes everybody's metrics look poor in the outfield because it's just so big. I don't think it's yeah. an easy place to play outfield, but I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be willing to give up a deal centered around two pieces and Solaire and, and Hap for the, the the reason is I think those guys need to be used for pitching. Yeah, I agree. The same thing about yeah, totally uh, about, agree about Glaber Torres. I, he needed to be used for pitching long term. So. If you can find a taker for Hap and Solaire for some good, controllable, long-term starting pitching, that's where those assets need to be utilized. If they can go get Charlie Blackman for some younger players, maybe some younger pitching prospects centered around Oscar De La Cruz or Clifton or somebody like that, then yeah, I'd be all for it. But it's only two years, so I'd like to keep Solaire and, and Hap for, for different uh, usage. Here's an interesting question. Would you give up Eloy Jimenez for two years no. of Charlie Blackman? No, no I wouldn't. No <laughs> if, if he was Cubs, trolling you. You were trolling that, him, right? Yeah, that, that was a two-parter. I expected that answer. <laughs> uh, if the Cubs had not won the World Series in 2016 and watched Dexter Fowler walk away, then would you give up uh, no. Eloy Jimenez? No. No. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. No. I just have a hard time seeing them do much for an outfielder just considering the glut that they have there now. I know that Elmore is the only true center fielder, but you've got, you know, Schwarber and Zobrist and, and Bryant and Hayward and Caesar. Um, and I Caesar. just, uh, you know, I don't know where he stands, but um, I'll set the over <laughs> under. Sorry, Carlos, the over under on four plate, plate appearances with the Cubs next year at <laughs> 0.5. For Caesar? Oh, I'll take the over all day long. You think you think he'll actually will. be on the roster? Yeah, well, I think he'll spend some time on the roster, yeah. I, I think he gets – I mean, he has to be on the roster. He can't be sent to the minors. If they do, he'll get picked off. I don't see any way he's on the roster, period. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, he got <laughs> he got 200 plate appearances last year. I, I, I agree. It's, it's a, uh, it, it might not happen, but I, I think he will. I think he'll make it. I, I just think it's I just think it's a numbers game. I mean, look at uh, – if you're letting Fowler go, you're going to get – a you're going to go acquire a guy who can play center field to share time with Almora, right? So you're going to have Schwarber and left uh, the two center fielders, one of them on the bench every day, um, and one of them in the in center. And then you're going to have Hayward, and then you're going to have you know probably some other guys too, 
And and then you've got Caesar, whose skills are completely redundant with Almora, who absolutely has to be on the roster opening day, or he has to be exposed to uh, to waivers and try to be sent to the minors. I just don't see I don't see any way he gets through that process. I mean, well, if he does get sent to the minors and and nobody claims him, then yeah, I'm with you. I I think you know he he'll probably play some sort of role. I just don't think that he makes it that far. Well, that's possible. But two questions: one, are you are are you dead set that the Cubs are going to go acquire center fielder? And, yes. two, and two, in that scenario, can't you see them maybe sending Elmora back to AAA to season up for a couple of months and put Caesar on the roster instead if they're totally redundant? Uh, no, I don't see that just because um, Theo Epstein has, or maybe it was Jed Hoyer, uh, recently said uh, as much as what I've said. Uh, one of them. One, one <laughs> that's of them, a good argument right there. Yeah, one yeah of them, I don't remember which one it was. One of them said that if Fowler leaves, question is who said it first? Yeah, they they would not just give the job to Albert Almora. They would go acquire a center fielder to share time with Almora until he is ready. That was the I'm paraphrasing, but that that was how it was said. So I'm taking that at face value and saying, okay, so if if Fowler is gone they're going to go acquire somebody either on a short-term deal or sign a guy to a one or two year deal who can share time with Albert Almora until he's completely ready. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I come back to what I was saying before. I just wonder the urgency. I mean, I, I know that they've, you know, they, whatever they say, they, typically follow up and do. Um, but along those lines, you know, we're talking about trading Solaire. Um, I know that at a certain point throughout the year, like it came up trading Baez or trading Schwarber and both times uh, Hoyer and Epstein were both emphatic and saying, no, we're not trading them. They're going to stay and they're going to be here for a long time. And I don't know if you guys saw this recently, but when it came up, uh, Solaire came up to Epstein. He said, you know, we think he's got a world of potential. Um, we hope that he, realizes that potential in a Cubs uniform, but we'll see something to that effect. It was like a huge equivocation. So that told me or on another he, team, I think yeah, he said that, that, that tells me he's gone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, I agree with uh, Isaac that I think that, that Solaire, and I don't know that they're going to trade Hap. Um, I know we've seen his name a couple places, but um, I think that'll be for pitching. And I just, I wonder, you know, I know that, that if Fowler does indeed leave, that they will need another body in center field while Almora kind of, you know, learns the ropes. But part of me wonders, well, that's where you have Jason Hayward. And, you know, they talked about that before Fowler came back last year. You can put uh, Zobrist in right. And Remember Bias was going to play some center? That's right. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not completely convinced that they're going to um, pick up another center fielder, but it, I would, I guess I could see it happening too. If they've said that, what you said, Ryan. Yeah, I, think I just don't I, don't. I don't envision them going into the season unless there's an injury we don't know about. But going into the season with Hayward and and uh, Almora sharing center with um, the corner outfields of Schwarber and Bryant slash Zobrist, I just don't. I don't see that as your your starting outfield next year. I think they pick up somebody. I mean, I, nobody likes this name, but I, I want to say that uh, Rajay Davis is a free agent. <laughs> yeah! I love the name. Kill him with fire. Karma, baby. <laughs> maybe, maybe not that guy, but a guy like that. A guy who's older and, and is a veteran, maybe a left-hander, a guy who can play center field. That's the kind of guy that they're going to be looking That's for. That's the kind of guy I was thinking about in terms of, and, and it goes back to another thing I wanted to talk about, because so they're losing David Ross. They're losing 
potentially Dexter Fowler, Jason Hamill. All those three guys are are more veteran guys, and this is a young team, right? And we know how David Ross was, you know, at the heart of this team in one way or another. So one of one of the things that I, I was looking for in, in looking at center fielders to share with Almora, share time with Almora, was a veteran presence. Does this how how, how much does this team need uh, that? piece of the puzzle obviously they don't need it but it, it did it, it helped them out a great deal last season do you guys think that's that's this team has now been together for uh, enough time and they've got guys like uh john lester and and guys like anthony rizzo stepping up that, that this isn't a factor or or do you think the front office might might bring in a guy that plays that kind of a role That's an interesting question. And I, I think you have to actually ask another question before you can answer that. And, and that question is, is, do you believe that Miguel Montero is coming back to this team? Um, I've had more than one person sort of close to the team tell me that they think that he's not coming back because of some of the choice words that he had for Joe Madden um, in the playoffs, you know, shortly after when he was on the, on the radio talking about him. So uh, is Miguel Montero that guy? Is John Lester that guy? I, I think David Ross, the loss there is huge, immeasurable from a leadership standpoint, from a locker room presence standpoint. So um, you might see Montero gone, and that may be the slot that they use to bring in another guy like David Ross, a veteran presence, sort of a backup catcher to Wilson Contreras. So um, curious to hear your guys' thoughts on Montero. Yeah, I, I've actually kind of heard the same thing, that they're very unhappy about it. And they would like to move him if they can. But the general feeling that I get is they're not going to be able to. Um, Just logistically, uh, you have to be able to replace him, number one. And they don't really have anybody uh, in the system ready to to step up and be a backup catcher. I guess you could go the Tim Fedorovich route. But that's (laughs) that's not something you really want to do. No! Uh, he's got one year. It's $14 million. You're going to be paying that guy to go away. Um, just based on the decline of his skills. Uh, I think that they probably try to move him, uh, in a way that makes sense and doesn't hurt the team. But I think the ultimate end is Montero is back. Um, but he catches one, one day every fifth day. Uh, and it's, it's Jake Arietta. And then both those guys move on somewhere else after that. So then I guess the next question is, is do you see somebody a- added, you know, for the sole purpose of veteran presence like Carlos is asking? No, uh, just because they have veterans. Um, I mean, we say that they're young, but most of these teams, I mean, what, what, what experience do they need in that locker room? Like what, what are they, what are they missing right now? They need to know what it's like to win the, Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, 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 like nobody could turn to Anthony Rizzo for guidance on on any issue uh, relating to baseball. Or if or Rizzo playoffs. gets nervous, who's he going to vent to? Yeah, right. Uh, like John John Lackey's won three World Series rings. John Lester's won three World Series rings. Uh, everybody on this roster has won at least one World Series ring. So, yeah, I mean Albert Almora, that guy's won a World Series ring. So who? Yeah, the, I don't see. I don't see veteran presence as, as anything that they're missing. I, I love the ring that that has to it. No pun intended. Albert Almora has a World Series ring. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh. But yeah, no, I, I think they will miss David Ross in like a, a camaraderie sense, if that makes sense. I, I think yeah, that'll, sure. that'll, be, that'll be something that they miss. But as far Haven't as how you guys, that's 
it's to wins on the field. Uh, I, I don't think that this is this isn't like a young team that has never made the playoffs and has a young manager and you know all this like upstarts. We're not talking about the 2003 Marlins here looking to uh, you know looking to their old sage manager for uh, you know for wisdom. I, th- this is a group of guys who have all been there. Don't bring up that team. Why would you yeah, do that? I was, was going to say. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good example of a young team that really didn't have a lot of experience uh, and, and and was just kind of doing it on their own. I guess they did have Pudge, but, you know, that was kind of it. Um, but haven't you heard that they're going to bring Ross back in some capacity as like a bench? Well, I mean, Martinez is the bench coach, I guess, but in some role with the team next year? I've heard Not a lot of talk year. about that. Yeah? I, I haven't heard anything next year. I, I think it'll be eventually, but... Uh, I, I would not assume he would be back next year. I mean, not as a player. No, that, that's what I mean. I, I don't. I don't think he would be back uh, in any kind of role, like like a full time role, next season. I think he probably is taking the year off. But I, I could definitely see if he decides to come back into baseball, it's going to be with the Cubs. But I don't. I don't know if it'll be next year. Hmm. Well, it's it's uh, to to wrap this up. I I find it interesting that we started with that question of is there a difference in urgency, and we all kind of expressed our opinions. And then when we get to the point of what's the what's the biggest move this team needs to make, uh, and it was none of the three options that that I kind of thought in my head. It wasn't to fill one of the holes that they need for next year. It was a long term piece uh, for next for the year after next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. So if that says anything about you know. I don't think we were thinking that way before this World Series win. We, we were thinking, yeah, we were thinking kind of long term, but definitely not at the at the expense of next season. Next season was always, you know, the season. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, I, I think that's all we have for tonight. Do you guys have anything else, or are we all set to go? All set to go. Cubs in four. Right. <laughs> Good night, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.